It's weird that I had to shift back into that mindset of elementary school to feel good about myself again. And that one shirt had an impact that lasted seven years. Welcome to West Stories, a podcast for the strange, the small, the silly, and the secret stories we tell ourselves, now told anonymously to you by the people who lived them and are living them still. Growing up, I've always been very active and around the idea of being strong. That was always the bottom line of being taken seriously and being strong. And I remember like when I was in first grade, I thought I was such an adult. And one of my teachers said, this girl's so cute. And I'm like, I'm not cute. I'm, I'm important. I'm smart. Like I'm not cute because that was such a diminishing term that undercut everything that I believed and was speaking of, I thought was so serious. And so that's kind of been this trend that I'm always like, I'm the serious person that should be listened to when I speak and I have things that matter to say. So I guess like that was really tied to being strong and being tough because being girly and light and delicate was never something that could coexist with being serious and being considered important, I guess. I think that's also part of growing up is to kind of put things into categories is very satisfying and makes sense of the world to kind of look at things in these bricks. So yeah, I've kind of grown to be a very comfortable, goofy human being, but it was very different during middle school, I guess is where this story takes us. Are we who we are because of what we wear, who we idolize, how we speak? What happens when the rules we follow to define ourselves suddenly change? In this episode, our storyteller learns how quickly self-perception can shift and just how much one shirt can mean. Welcome to West Stories Episode 3, People Might Look. Looking at role models that I've had, like cartoons, are really present. And I remember like Recess from Disney Channel, which I don't watch too much TV, but it was this show about like this group of kids and there were four guys and these two girls and one leader. And then there's one really athletic guy who like they always turn to. Vince was super cool and like the star athlete. And then the two girls, Spinelli and Gretchen. And Gretchen was like this nerdy girl and like really like tall and lanky, and this long hair, but really, really kind and sweet. And then Spinelli was this short, little, super tough kid that everyone was super intimidated of her. She would like arm wrestle all these guys. And she was always the go-to girl. Like they would go to her before the other two guys in the crowd. I'm like, that's so cool that like this little kid who is like tinier than everyone else is taken so seriously and really seen as intimidating and powerful. And I'm like, that's who I want to be like, that boss fucking bitch. That's me. And I emulated that so much growing up. And it was cool to be kind of that leader in elementary school because I would run the club soccer that we were doing during recess and I would like speak up in class and be funny and like really comfortable with that role. And what I wore was very reflective of that. I wore what made me comfortable. I wore what made me feel good that I could move around in and get my sillies out. I always joke that like I peaked in fifth grade because like when middle school comes, like that's everyone's transition period. We're all growing up. We're all being weird and awkward, but who's gonna be the acceptable version of that weird? And so 
yeah, I guess that's when things started shifting. Fifth grade to sixth grade, I was like really content. Like I realized like friends started leaving and making that transition and the girls around me stopped playing soccer and started talking about boys and putting on makeup and they would go to the mall instead of going to the park after school. And I was totally not feeling left out by any means. I had one really good friend and like we would hang out all the time after school and we'd do stupid shit and make videos and take the, like the camera, do funky photo shoots. And that was the shit and I loved it. And I had no point felt like I was an outcast even though if you take that macrospective look, exactly what I was. I was that social floater who rocked the Bermuda shorts that were plaid and the navy polo and I looked dope. I wear the same outfit every day because I love it, but I wore the same outfit every day because I loved it. And I was super comfortable being that weirdo, being that awkward, lumpy middle school weirdo. I remember one girl commented on how nice my posture was and I'm like, oh, I do wee fit. That's, that's how it got this good. Like you always have to be aware of your posture when you're sitting on that balance beam. But my sister was two years older. So she was that eighth grader who made that seamless transition into the cool kids, was known by all the teachers and had all the boys kind of fawned after her and she straightened her hair and like knew how to do eyeliner that no other girl knew. But I kind of watched her do that transition and watched like how she interacted with other people. And I'm like, I don't know if that's my scene and that's great that it was hers and it's cool that everyone's like, oh, you're, you're her younger sister. That's kind of, that's cool. But then they'd be like, oh, she's not really cool. But I had no desire to rise up, no desire to kind of climb that social ladder. But I guess my mom and my sister were very concerned about me not wanting to climb that and like being left out. And they thought at the low, I was like being excluded and felt bad. And I was like kind of crying myself to sleep at night when that totally wasn't the case. So they always try to like plug a little bit like, you know, maybe you can wear something different today or when you can try the makeup if you want or you can try out different hairstyles. I'm like, no, the ponytail works. This is chill. I love it. Physically, I think that especially girls during that middle school year, there's kind of that dichotomy of the tall and thin girls that are like thin and like they wish they had the, you know, the boobs and the butt. And then I was that other end of like, I was just thick and lumpy and the polo definitely wasn't the most flattering look. I just thought it looked the most cool, but a lot of it was like athletic attire. I had these dope Nike shocks with blue laces that I thought were the coolest things in the world. But I thought they were so cool, even though like I was always ready to like go to soccer practice after school when I totally didn't have to be in the middle of the winter and a lot of ponytails. So that's kind of the, the image. My sister and my mom would always like try to encourage that transition to kind of jump on the the normie girl train and one day I guess they were like this is it this is the day we're gonna really overwhelmingly encourage her and not give her a no to at least try to make this change it was like so pretty mapped out from what I remember because that morning they're like we're going to Chili's tonight and it was a Friday and going to Chili's in my house is a big deal Cause like we always ate the family dinner and my mom would always cook. She never let us have soda in the house. So like when I went to Chili's that meant, oh, I get a Sprite. So I was stoked. I was getting a soda and all day I was jazzing myself up. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm wearing my awesome soccer shirt with number nine on the back. Like that was my number. And I was like jazzed up about my Sprite and I was going to have a blooming onion. I was so excited when you build up a meal. And I came home and it was weird cause they both like kind of got really excited the second I walked in the door. And I'm like, well, we're going to Chili's. And they're like, no, 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 before we go, we got you this new shirt. Like it's really exciting, like this new, new shirt. I'm like, new shirt? I never wear nice things to Chili's. It's 
pretty cash place. And they whipped out this horrifyingly weird, pukey, milky green shirt. It was like fitted right where like the bra line is and like flared out a little bit with ruffles like at the cap sleeve and the bottom. It was nasty. And I'm like, this is not real. This is not my vibe. And they were so excited about it. Like, we got it for you. It's going to look so pretty. Look, you have this cute figure. You should wear the shirt, wear the shirt, wear the shirt. I'm like, I don't, I don't know guys. Like I really don't want to. And being like the 13 year old, like people pleaser that I was, I hated confrontation. I hated telling people no and backing out and seeing how excited they were. I'm like, all right, I'll put, I'll try it on. I tried it on and they're like, we're leaving. Let's go. And I'm like, I didn't have a chance to go. And I was so uncomfortable, so desperately uncomfortable. And whenever you get yelled at by a parent, like you kind of play that grudge match game and you can hold out your grudge for a good 20 minutes. There was no grudge being held. I was just sad and uncomfortable and really upset. And I didn't know why in the moment. And at first my mom and my sister were a little like, all right, she'll get out of this. She'll and they started to like feel a little bad too because my mom's like, you can get anything you want on the menu, you know? Which is also never an option. <laughs> it's always like a, a fixed option. So when she was offering me to get dessert, I'm like, no, I don't want it. Which usually that would break any 13 year old. But I'm like, I don't want it. I want to go home. I'm done. It was also like super internal too. I wasn't angry at them for giving me the shirt and like making me feel super pressured to wear it. I was just having like these, this moment of this is on me. And like, I feel really exposed. I felt so naked, like really, really vulnerable. And like that everyone was judging me and sizing up how like, ah. whereas like before, like I would just sit up and be super engaged and with it and conversing. And I was hunched in the corner as like small as I could make myself really shoulders locked and so sad. So holding back tears the whole night. I felt so trapped there too because normally like if I were like having a moment, I'd go to the bathroom and take a deep breath. I felt so uncomfortable that I didn't want to leave that booth. I did not want to get out of that space because that would be even more eyes, even more things. And every part of my body was aware and overstimulated all at once. So I wasn't even thinking about anyone else there. I was like very much so focused on myself because I thought that's where everyone else was. And the second I got home, I tore it off and put on my old clothes and I was immediate relief, rushed over. I'm like, thank God that's over. Wild that the second I took it off, all of that went away. I think I threw it to the back of my closet and, and like anytime I'd get a glimpse of it, I'd just throw more things on top of it. And then I think as soon as it could, it made its way into Goodwill. But I really never wore it again. Yeah, it was so ugly. I should have burned it. <laughs> Release it into the wild. You know? And my mom came to me, she's like, I don't know why you're that upset over a shirt. And I'm like, why am I that upset over a shirt? Up till that point, I never cared what people thought about me by looking at me. I knew that I was this very confident person who felt strong with what came out of my mouth and felt strong with my abilities to be a good friend. And I thought that was, that was all I was ever told that like made up a person. And up till that point, I'm like, oh, people look at you about what you wear. And like, this is important and there's value in this, but I couldn't understand why that value was so important to force someone to wear a shirt and make them feel, make them ruin the best meal of the month over a shirt. And it totally had that effect. 
So yeah, up to that point, I'm like, wow, people care and I need to start like putting effort into this realm and I'm always being assessed and looked at and uh, it's like bad to be lumpy and it's bad to wear these shorts and it's bad to not put on makeup. And so from then, like I really went through this wild transition and I'm like, I have to jump on this train because this is what people do and this is like what good people do. Because I really was able to dissociate the popular from good kind of thing before, but then it was like this connected module that had to always work. So if you weren't socially accepted, you couldn't be a good person. And so I really gave an effort after that and was focused and went through a, a big like, okay, how do I be both pretty and make this effort as well as being this like person who's taken seriously. All throughout high school and the rest of middle school, I really navigated that train and was very concerned with how people related to me. And I had to kind of rise up the social rankings and be a part of that cool group. And it was a big deal when I was put in the group chat. And it was wild that up till that point, it wasn't even a concern, it wasn't even a thought. But after that point, it's all I ever thought about. I went to the mall with the cool girls after, not the cool girls, but like some girls who wanted to be cool. And then, yeah, having that knowledge of social climbers. So like I wore like the cute scarf when it was the infinity scarf time and wore a couple skirts here and there, which was super empowering that when I finally got to college, I'm like, it took a couple of months to kind of figure that out that like, I don't have to dress up. This isn't that crowd necessarily. And yeah, I could wear my penny to use Dan if I really wanted to and no one gave a shit. It's really great to have friends that are really just celebratory of who you are as a person and surround yourself with people who build you up and make you feel good is such a thing that I've found in my life and the people who I'm with are such robust friends that I don't feel like I need a number to feel validated. Which that was such the game back in high school, middle school was the numbers of how many people knew you, how many people followed you on Instagram, how many people were friends with you on Facebook, how many likes you got. That's such a numerical thing that makes you feel validated. Whereas like, if I have five friends that tell me that they love me, that's a huge accomplishment. And that's all you really need. And to also like now be in a romantic setting. Cause that was then my next thing of I'm going out to Fountain, I have to look good because someone's gonna think I'm attractive and wanna hook up with me. And to now be with a boyfriend that tells me like, you look so good without makeup, like you don't have to wear that. That was a thing this year that I'm like, I don't have to wear makeup. I fuck yeah, I am pretty without makeup. And now I only wear when I wanna look extra pretty and when I wanna like feel good about myself. Now like clothes and all those things that once were mandatory are such an option that I can switch into that gear and make myself feel good versus making other people like me. And that was a big difference of the relationship I have with what I put on myself and what it means to put it on myself. Yeah, and I like remember this one girl being like, oh, remember when you grew two inches and thinned out? Maybe that'll happen again. And I'm like, what? But like just people like making these comments about your body and comments about your hair and like, oh, you don't know how to straighten your hair? Like I can straighten it for you in the morning. Like, oh, these weird things that were meant as compliments, but like just making you like, oh shit, people are actually looking at me when I totally thought they weren't. Just reaffirming this very negative mindset. But to get out of it and like now be at this place where yeah, people might look, but let them look. Cause I'm happy. I definitely feel like I'm strong and empowered. And I think that that's a better word to go to rather than being taken seriously. Cause that's looking for other people's approval to make you feel good versus looking for my own approval to make myself feel good. I definitely am more so empowered than validated, which is such a great thing to feel validated. Cause sometimes like you just don't know, but when that comes from within, it's so much more real and so 
sustainable at that point. It's weird that I had to shift back into that mindset of elementary school to feel good about myself again. And that one shirt had an impact that lasted seven years. It took me a while to like re-like the color green, which is wild, but I love the color green now. Like it's great, super, super beautiful. All shades of it, except for that one. Sometimes I'll come across it and be like, huh, but I won't know why. And then I'll know like, oh, that shirt, <sighs> It's wild that one little thing like that when presented in a proper time and place and in a moment of transition can have so much densely packed into it and be so emotionally charged, like just like a, this fucking lightning rod of experience and thoughts and the fucking awkwardness of puberty were all condensed into every inch of this fabric. Wild that one little four foot square thing of fabric has such an impact, but very much so does. Or can and I don't, I don't like I'm not angry at them for doing it because I'm sure that spark of insecurity could have come from anyone of like a comment or just a friend who gave a compliment like wow you actually look pretty today those things were just kind of these solidifying comments but like any of them could have been the initiator so yes most definitely like you can wear six inch heels and be the CEO of a company and like be respected and loved and celebrated but I think it comes down to just being genuine. Because some people use, I think they use clothes as like the shell because they learn the rules of the game versus learning like why you're playing the game. They kind of learn how to play it. And to give that appearance of I'm powerful because I'm wearing this versus like I am this and I'm wearing this because it makes me feel even more powerful. I think that how people appear, it loses authenticity when it's not backed by some genuine personality and who you are. There's a lot less power I place in how people look versus who they are nowadays, which is a cool thing. And that's how I live too. Cause like some days I'll look really, really pretty and feel really, really good. And that's awesome that that's an option I can sink into. And when I have like a presentation and I want to feel good about myself that day, like I'll make myself look dope, make myself look dope, not make other people think I look dope, you know? Cause then I'm going to give a kick ass fucking presentation cause I'm feeling good. And I'm wearing my, my overall dress that my family hates, but I'm like, fuck it, I, yeah, this is what I'm wearing. I went back to a family reunion and I was wearing that overall dress and I'm like, this looks dope. I was like searching for this thing. I found it for like $11. And so I was stoked about the sale. I was stoked about how this thing looked. And I work back and the amount of shit I got for wearing this, my family like, like Punky Brewster. They were like taking off one of the straps, like tying a flannel around my waist because I looked like I was from the 60s and put my hair in a ponytail. I'm like, I look great. This is brilliant. Make fun. So I think that that's also different is like, if you own what you're wearing, it doesn't matter what other people think about it as long as like you fuck with it. That's all. That's who you're dressing for yourself. I really like Chili still. Like that place will never be old. Gone far less recently, but like it's it's a beautiful, beautiful establishment. Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> the night was ruined, but Chili's always has a place in my heart. Funny that it was like such a throwaway moment for my mom and my sister, but a thing that will be my turning point, you know? And like certainly there are so many people that have that like spark change of oh, this matters when it didn't, but it's weird when you can track it back to one little thing. Because like insecurity is such an option and you can have so many people 
tell you how great you are. So many people tell you exactly what you need to hear, but it doesn't mean shit unless you tell it to yourself or it's coming from your own voice, you know? And that's the big difference. And like to choose not to live an insecure life and choose to own what you do, which I think is in this space, like this whole fucking campus, there is a huge community of people who are just like, fuck it, tits out on FOSS. This is who I am. This is me, take it or leave it. Like that's a great way to live. You can choose that. This episode of West Stories was recorded and edited by me, Claudia Schatz, with music by Julia Mitchell, and with production, technological, and moral support from the fearless podcasters Ali Pham, Cameron Costanzo, and Jeremy Mopsick. If you have a tale you'd like to tell on West Stories, please write to me at cschatz at wesleyan.edu. That's C-S-C-H-A-T-Z at wesleyan.edu. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll have more stories to share soon. Bye.